beautiful human. Thanks for clicking or tapping on our conversation with Oliver Tree. This man's a character. We have a lot to discuss. He lost a friend, but he got a hit song. He's traveling the world. He's working on movies. He uh, has the weirdest haircut I've ever seen. It's like a bowl mullet thing. Yeah, he's in the studio. We have a lot to talk about. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share it with those you care about. And enjoy. Oh, and you know, we all love a great deal, don't we? Like savings, markdowns, and lunch specials. But when it comes to car insurance, you should know that the right place to go is an easy choice. It's State Farm. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates for your ride. Your friends don't have to have a special connection or even call in a favor. State Farm has options for everyone, like insuring your ride and your home, getting you great rates on both. Why are these such surprisingly great rates? It's what you get from them, coverage that meets your needs, because insurance shouldn't put a hole in your wallet. Those good neighbors are in your corner. No promo codes, no waiting around for holiday deals, and no sales section. State Farm fits your life at a price that fits your budget. So, when friends ask where to go for surprisingly great rates, tell them State Farm. Because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. I'm Zach. That's Dan. Yo. Oliver Tree. Woo. Is here. What's up? Sick hair, bro. Thank you. Who is Oliver Tree? Let's start there. Oliver Tree is just the everyday Joe. Mm-hmm. He's dedicated his life to the art. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Haven't had a day off for years. Got it. I work till about 7 or 8 a.m. every night till the sun comes up, and uh, I'm doing it for the culture. Do you feel like you are moving culture in a direction? I think so in some ways. Some ways not. I mean, you're never going to reinvent the wheel, but a guy like me, we contribute yeah. what we can. Where are you pushing culture? What direction well, are we going? I'd like to think uh, with my last album, I made my own strain of Vaporwave Hipster mm. um, aesthetically, and then sonically pushing the fusion forward pushing together some kind of uh, contributions in performance art uh, and belly dancing, that's for sure. <laughs> belly dancing? Yeah, I'm a belly dancer. By trade, yeah. Really? I started when I was six. Yeah, okay, you've been performing very early, right? Yeah. You say you you played the piano at three, you wrote yeah, your, yeah. your first song a year later. Yeah, I've been working on music for upwards of 25 years. I've been doing it professionally for 10 years, so it's nice that it's finally starting to work out after... 10 years of doing this as a job it's been one failure monumentally after another so i mean and everything i've done pretty much up to this point has been a failure if you ask me but life goes on obviously the reason i'm here today is something that's started to feel like a little bit less of a failure well also i mean life does go on you can keep moving with consistency you can still prove something right you can still accomplish things if you just i'm not here to prove anything i'm just here to make some great art and i'm looking at the 360 of entertainment and penetrating at every angle so I'm exploring, and when something doesn't work, you got to dust yourself off and try it again. Learn from the mistake. Otherwise, it's really a mistake. If you actually learn from it, it's just a learning experience to push you to the next level. 100%. What's the biggest mistake you feel like you've made in the last just couple years? Everything I've done has been a failure, bro. Like, I'm not kidding. Do you really believe that? I do. But I will say this life goes on thing. This song is seven years old, so... Luckily, it finally came out. But the thing is that, yeah, everything besides that song has essentially been a failure. What, so okay, hold on, hold on. You went to art school. You what, you go to school, then you try music, and then you go back to school. Correct. I went to school way after I started making music. I've been doing music before I went to college, um, but really got my first record deal when I was eighteen, and that didn't work out. 
And I basically went on hiatus for a couple years, uh, told them I quit, and was just making tons of albums because I couldn't stop making music. I just kind of fell off the face of the earth as far as like social media or whatever. Stopped releasing, just kept making art because I couldn't stop. That was just for me. And then basically went back to school because they were like, we can't pay for you to live anymore. Basically, I stopped school to pursue music full time. The label's like, you know, we'll take care of you. Don't go to school. And then that didn't work out. So I went back to school and uh, managed to get a major label deal while I was finishing school and pretty much lined up uh, setting it up so that I could be working in music as soon as I graduated. So it was a very tight timeline. Why now? Like, life goes on, you said it's seven years old. So why, do you you ask yourself why now? What do you mean? Why is it working today when it didn't work before? Well, I think that in a lot of ways, a real artist is five to ten years ahead of the audience. True. Head of the curve. So, like, if that song would have come out seven years ago, I don't think it would have made the impact. I know it wouldn't have. And uh, I think this is a testament of that. You know, like, the reality is the song didn't come out for reasons that I had some conflict with my one of my best friends who I made it with, and we ended up, like, losing our friendship over this song. And then we actually are best friends again now, so it's all good. <laughs> but, you know, it was something that was, like, uh, we both wanted to release the song on our own, and, uh, you know... It didn't end up coming out, and it was something that was very close to never seeing daylight. Are you friends only after you release the song, or do you try to mend, you know, your We issues? tried to mend it, and we were cool after a while, but, like, the song coming out really made it so that we could be excited about something together, and you know what I mean? But yeah. we, we went to a wedding together about a couple weeks ago, and it was just like old times laughing more than ever, so, I mean... Things just need time to heal sometimes, you know, and we were both kind of in our own worlds and now we're coming back together and we made a beautiful song that can inspire people. So what more can you ask for? By the way, that is a a real sign of a timeless piece of art, which is like you can sit on something for so long and then when it's eventually when it's time to see the light of day, it's like more relevant than ever. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to anything except for the new music I'm working on. So I've been working on this album, Cowboy Tears, for a few years now. And this is my country debut. So it's really my first real album in a lot of ways. I had Ungly as Beautiful as my first album, but that was a selected works made over five years. The label kind of packaged it, released it horribly, put out pretty much every song on it before it even came out. So it was just kind of a body of work that was a bunch of singles from various EPs and different stuff. But Cowboy Tears is essentially my first real album, my first concept album, and my last album. So... After that, I'm going to segue over to film. I've been writing screenplays during the pandemic, and I've been just focusing on writing and directing. So music videos have been my film school. I've been making these mockumentary documentaries, made 17 over the last five years, and we're in the process of editing them. I built a production company this year. So I'm segueing to film. So I'm not going to ever really stop making art, but I'll probably always make music, but I probably won't be releasing it after Cowboy Tears. Why? Why? Because it's more of a contractual obligation. I'm not really allowed to talk too much on this. My lawyer, Jeremiah Jeffrey, has advised me not to speak too highly on this. But basically, I owe them another album. And um, there is the potential of, um, you know, there's contractually, there's obligations. And the first album did better than we were hoping. And we were thinking that if it tanked a little bit more than it did, uh, we would have been able to stop. But the label requested to act on the next option on the label deal so we had to release cowboy tears and we're still waiting for approval i finished it. i was in the middle east the last month and uh, i was in northern africa morocco and egypt and i was finishing that album and still waiting to see if they'll release it if it's my guess it's anywhere between the next year to five years that they might put it out if it does come out do you not like the music industry 
Oh, it's love-hate relationship. There's a lot of vampires, bloodsuckers, uh, a lot of liars. Huh. Uh, I like making art, and I make art for myself. So it's a bittersweet, a bittersweet kind of thing for me. But, um, you know, I make art, and part of releasing art is working in the industry. So it comes with the territory. Why, why do you have to go to the Middle East to record a uh, country album? I figure there's nowhere better than there to finish this. I wanted to go somewhere new. I'm hitting every seven continents, so... I just have Brazil, um, all of South America, basically, that I'll be hitting uh, in April for my world tour. Mm. And um, then I'm trying to play a show in Antarctica for the scientists on my birthday next year. So I'm trying to hit all of them before I turn 30, but I, realistically before I turn 29. So Antarctica. Yeah, Antarctica. There's not much going on there. Well, it's one of the last, if not the only last untouched place, I figure. What better place to play for the scientists? That's it. And as you bid your music career adieu, you know, you want to go out historically. Yeah, and there's not many people who have played this. Metallica and maybe one or two other acts. I don't know. There might be more, but so, my research has shown that it's pretty limited. I, I support this. I hope this happens for you. Oh, it is. Uh, I'm it, working on it already. You know, part of me is like, is this an act? But the reality is I think it's you. Like, I think this is, like, you are, like... This is real. This is the real guy. I took the costume off, <laughs> took the glasses off. Thank you. And I'm here as myself. And everything I'm telling you is factual. You'll see it unravel. I've been making documentaries of my travels, so it's kind of hard to fake. But I was in Russia for four months. I was living there, filmed wow. a documentary on that. I worked with this pop act out there, a little big, and we made an EP together, Welcome to the Internet, and filmed a few videos. So I've been all over the place, even post-pandemic. I'm trying to get out. I was traveling for five years touring, and COVID put a lid on that, and now I'm hungry to go more than ever. So I have a lot of traveling planned the next six months. You grew up in a really weird place, Santa Cruz. Yes, I, people sir. don't fully understand it. Like that, I've been there twice. It's really frightening. The trees and the eeriness, but also the weird art and culture that exists there. The people. Yes. A lot of strange fellas. I, I mean, yes. You look like you'd be from Santa Cruz. <laughs> Thank you. I take that as a compliment. It is. It, it, SC local, actually. Really? Born and raised. Boom. So, like, I mean, how much of that exists within you today? Like, who you are from, like, you grew up, how'd you grow up? Where, where, like, what do your parents do? Went on a family trip to Burning Man vacation, so that kind of explains what kind of parents I had. Um, yeah, my really? parents, both artists, they met in a flute class. Yeah, that's the exactly class what didn't actually there. end up happening. There wasn't enough people, so they would play flute together, and they would go up in the trees at their school, and they would play, and people couldn't hear where it was coming from. They'd be looking around. But grew up in a musical household. Art was everywhere, musical instruments. My dad plays one song on every instrument, so... wow. Yeah, he pretty much just knows one song and everything. He'll play the same song over and over. What's that song? Uh, a different one for every instrument. Oh, okay. So, like guitar, he plays the same gypsy jazz song over and over. You know, it's just the same classic song, whatever it is. But, um, you know, my parents prioritized art over, like, new cars or anything. They made a rule, like, we're not going to get new cars. Uh, we're going to put that money into art, have that around the house to inspire the kids. So, me and my brother are both artists. My brother will never want to work with me because he hates celebrities and money. Uh... He's a Buddhist. He lives in China. Really? And he's like anti-everything um, that I am. So that, he's been good inspiration for me. Unique relationship, yeah? Is yeah. there a relationship? Do yeah, he's my brother. I love him. No, of my course. Best friend. But do you talk to... Can you, can you communicate actively with somebody we who's chat. a Buddhist? Oh, of course. Yeah, he's taught me so much. He's inspired me a lot. I mean, there's a, a lot of amazing things about Buddhism that I relate with. So I study Buddhism to try to understand him better. He lived in like Buddhist sanctuaries and different wow. places, but... Finally uh, made his way out to China about five or six years ago. 
So I visit him sometimes, but it's been hard with COVID. It's been a few years. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a real commitment. Yeah. And uh, like finding peace because mm-hmm. it does exist. Yeah. Potentially. What is your piece? Making art. Flow state. I love making art. I can make it all day, all night. I work exclusively. Like we haven't taken a day off, me and my whole team, for literally years. So we we work all the time. And I sometimes will like I went to a billionaire's party around Halloween and it's like probably a million dollar party. And uh, I was there and I was like, this is cool, but I could be just as happy or probably have more fun making art by myself or with my friends. You know, I always yeah. work with my friends. So it's really fun because I made music by myself for years, produced every little detail and had such pride in that. And then I was like, this is depressing. I'm just sitting alone in my, my room all day. Yeah, what do you stuff. have to share? Yeah. And it's way better when you work with other people and they have different perspectives and gives it kind of... Wide range, the yin and yang kind of effect. You enjoy working with your friends? Best friends, yeah. That's the only time they're going to see me. So that's the only time <laughs> we hang out as if we're working. So all my best friends are my collaborators, my team. Those are my people. That's really, I mean, you don't see like, you know, don't shit where you eat. The, the concept of like taking your friends and injecting them into work and personal. Bro, all and I do is work. If I didn't work with my friends, I, would ne- I wouldn't have any friends. Yeah, you'd have nobody. I would literally just be, what am I going to like work around with a bunch of old-ass grandpas that are like, well, Ken, you're going to be a star. <laughs> like, I've worked with that before, and it's, like, horrible. They're like, my dream is to light up a cigar when you go up on that stage, and you're going to, like, I'm going to retire while you go and play the biggest show. I'm like, dude, no. Like, we're you're going to be with me till the end, or? Nah. I mean, I might fire everyone at some point, try to get the percentages down, but that's another conversation. Got it. Let them know. Can you put them on notice? Give them oh, they know. They know. <laughs> How does art start for you? Like, is it always flowing? Do you always have inspiration? Do you document? Like, what is it? I have a never-ending well of ideas, which makes it hard to sleep sometimes. Uh, like, last night, I'm, like, writing down ideas at 5 a.m., you know, and I'm like, gotta wake, I gotta wake up early to do some interviews and stuff, but I'm, like, having trouble shutting it off sometimes, but it's not a problem. It really is a, it's a gift, and I'm grateful for it, so... I just could make stuff whenever I'm always making stuff and I find that you don't ever have to stop if you just keep moving around. So switching to something in a different medium, like if I make music for four months straight and get burnt on it, I don't even allow myself to get burnt because I just moved to the other thing and I'll make music videos, documentaries, Mm. whatever. It's not the same thing at all. So even though they're both creative muscles and working different parts of the improv muscle in your mind. It doesn't allow you to be like, oh, man, I'm so over this. It's like, no, I just move to the next thing before I get burnt out. Or if I'm kind of burnt out on it, I just segue over. And it makes it impossible for me to get, like, burnt out and feel like I have any type of writer's block. Because I keep pulling things from different mediums into what I do. If I'm writing a movie, for example, when I return to write music, I have a whole new perspective on writing. You know what I mean? So it fuels the fire. That's interesting. Like, yeah, by changing it up and keeping it, like... Varietizing what you do, your mind stays strong and sharp, and you, it never gets mundane. You never get bored. Comfort, I really do believe, is like the key to death. Is there any idea that you believe is too big, or is anything possible for you? I mean, you know, there's certain things that are out of the realm of reality. Like if I was going to levitate for you guys right now, <laughs> that's a pretty big idea, and mm. I'd like to get there. But you know, something like that. But as far as creatively, no. I mean. There's different levels of execution. I mean, everything I make ends up way shittier than I see it in my head. So if you don't think it's good, trust me, you should have seen what I really saw. So, I mean, you know, it's always going to be scaled down. So my whole mentality is you should at least double what you're trying to get or 
10 times because it's going to be way worse than you ever could imagine. <laughs> so shoot way too high. So you don't fall too low. Yeah, because you're going to fall low no matter what. Uh, so I'm of, every, shooting, of everything you've done, what was the biggest challenge so far? It's hard for me to think about, you know, a lot of failures. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> but, but also your friendship, that's a big one. Like yeah. your friendship falling, I mean, you're with your best friend over a song, a piece of art that you both mm-hmm. loved and the fact that that is the song that has gone on, what do you say is like changing your life actively? I would say so, yes. Like it is, I feel like it, it needed to be that song, right? Yeah. Well, I think that just shows how amazing we knew that song was. <laughs> that if we were like that much care went into what would happen with the song, I think we knew something special about it and it's better late than never. And like I said, sometimes it's better to let stuff just not come out. And when it does come out, hopefully... It's the right time, you know, time and place. It's a it's a luck thing on a lot of levels. Do you feel like you need to have another Life Goes On? I'm making a country album. I don't care about that. I'm not making pop music, if that's what you're asking. Like, that's a pop song, in my opinion. That's not really an alternative song. You okay. Know? I consider that, like, pretty straightforward pop music. I don't think it's what you think of when you think of pop like Harry Styles or whatever. Yeah. But I'm for me, I'm not making pop music right now, if that's what you're asking. I'm making a country folk album, so it's like... Am I trying to re-replicate that success? Hell no. I'm seven years beyond that. So That's wild. Whatever I want to make, I put out. And I I really try to make everything I do pop. But the thing is that genre-wise, the instrumentation that goes into something kind of dictates that. And that's why I call that song a pop song is because there's no guitars in it. You know, it's pretty like electronic and roads and piano type vibes. So it's but different. Sonically, you know, to your point, like, what is a pop song then? Is it the for me? It's short for popular, so literally anything. I could say Kendrick yeah. Lamar is a pop artist. You know what I mean? I agree. But I've argued with people about this all the time. When people have this preconceived notion of what pop is, they think of like bubblegum pop, yeah. like Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. But for me, it's just a short term for popular. So, so it should be so a collection of different genres and different sounds because it's what is of the moment, right? Yeah. That is pop music. The audience decides what's pop. Exactly. So this concept but, that there's a formula or a, 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 a structure or you need these certain instruments or you need to have hooks here, whatever the... Yeah. Does that mean country can be pop music? Yes. Then? 100%. It's probably way more pop than what I normally do. So yeah, I got a pop country album coming. Mm. Cowboy Tears. Cowboy Tears. But, Cowboy Tears. So on your timeline, would that be coming out in like 2026, five years from now? You'd have to ask the label, but there's a very good chance, yes. <laughs> we have I to wouldn't wait be till surprised. So much of my stuff, to, like, I released the deluxe album for Ugly is Beautiful, that That's Where Life Goes On came out on. And all that music was made before the album, actually. So some of those songs are eight years old, nine years old. And it's like, People are like, this music sucks. I'm like, yeah, it's nine years old. <laughs> I moved I on. know it sucks. The label made me do it. So what, do you, what are your, what, Cowboy Tears, what are your current feelings on it? Do you think it's good right now? It's the best album I've ever heard. I yeah. love it. I, it's the only thing I listen to and uh, makes me cry. Is that what you want? You want your well, own music to evoke emotion? Of course. Me? I mean, it depends. Every song's different. I got a song called, which I don't know if you can say that on air, but. You're fine. That's made to mosh pit. That's made to go aggro so yeah. there's different songs for different vibes you know what i mean but yes cowboy tears is an emotional thing for me and uh the core message is that it's okay for the tough guys to cry guys like us tough cookies you know <laughs> and uh you know that's something that i think is important because i think it is important for everybody to cry and that's part of the message but specifically guys like hold in their emotions and then they let it out in anger and uh, aggression and so for me this is like 
I'm all about juxtaposition, things that shouldn't go together. And like Cowboys crying is kind of one of those things. Just like ugly is beautiful. These are concepts, you know, like that concept is teaching people to love themselves, embracing their flaws because that's what makes us unique. That's what makes us who we are. And uh, that's what built our character. So not trying to alter that like in a place like LA where everyone is addicted to plastic surgery. And I'm not talking about everyone, but a lot of people here. So kind of just trying to put in some core messages here that I think are important. Messages that you live by? Yes, sir. No plastic surgery. I know it's hard to believe. Yeah. It's like really, you're stunning. The first thing I I thought was like, wow, this guy got, got good work done. Got a great doctor. No, you know, what's crazy though. I posted this thing and I had like fake nose and fake chin and, I was like, oh, my plastic surgery went wrong. I did this interview on Genius, and we posted this thing, and my team started getting a ton of messages from plastic surgeons saying, hey, we can fix you. Wow. We can help you. Free work. That's what happens when you're a celebrity. I wouldn't even call myself a celebrity. Z-List, maybe. What? Even Z-List. Ooh. <laughs> your brother doesn't think that. Your, your brother doesn't think so. My I brother has like- no conceived notion of what celebrity is. He just knows it's the devil's work. Do you feel like you're doing the devil's work? No. No, hell no. I'm making art born to inspire people, and I'm doing that. So people don't get it. Some people, you know, love or hate, it doesn't matter. Like with the last album, I made a character that was designed for people to hate. If you hated that, trust me, I hate that guy too. You know what I mean? It's okay with me. Quickly, though, two things that don't go together are a blonde bowl cut and long blonde hair in the back. But you make it work. It's the bullet, yeah. The bullet. Oh, I love the name. Yeah, inspired by Chili Bull Mullet, man. Look him up. He's a legend. Is that real? Is that a wig on your head or what? This is my real hair. Really? If you can imagine, I'm stuck like this, yeah. Wow. That's how far I go for my art. I'm willing to sacrifice how I look for the art. So yes, this is my redneck country era, and this was what it had to be. Do you think the label's going to want to release the album a little bit sooner following uh, the success of Life Goes On? That's a great question. Only time will tell. But yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, the album's finished. It's mastered. Mixed it all. It sounds great. And uh, wow. we'll see what happens. I hope it's a compliment. It's like a mixture of Joe Exotic and Guy Fieri. Thank you. That is a compliment. Yeah. It's a big one. How does the song start for you? It could start a bunch of different ways. Sometimes it starts with just an idea, driving in the car to the studio or having a concept that I wrote down as far as just like, this is an idea I want to explore. But typically, it starts with uh, writing a guitar part and finding what melodies lay on that and... I've done, the last album was pretty much entirely improvised, and I realized the songs that did the best, like Alien Boy and Hurt, which became platinum songs, those were songs that I wrote down. So I, with this album, wrote down everything. I said, I'm going to write it. But it's based around improv and like, you know, if I'm playing guitar, someone's playing guitar, find the right melodies, and then I just kind of write it out. I kind of let the vocals naturally write themselves in a way where I don't think too much. I just do flow state. And, uh, whatever naturally comes and then I kind of craft it together and try to write a full song in a night sometimes two sometimes even three but I try to finish the whole song get it as close because I have thousands of songs so if it's not an incredible sounding song and it needs a lot of work it'll never get worked on again it's just going to go into the pile do you need to finish everything uh we're defined finish like or at least get it to a point where it's presentable yeah, yeah. I want to listen to it it's got to be close uh but finish that's a question, you know, because I make the first version, which is done that night. Yeah. And that's why I work till the sun comes up almost every time I'm in the studio, because I want to have a finished product. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's completely finished. 
Mixing can take months, even years. No, totally. But some so. people can bail. You know what I mean? Like they could start a song and then be like, it's going nowhere and then I go. I can't do it. I just make it and I just let it run its course. And if it's bad, then I move to the next one faster. But you don't know because the last hour, I would say, is what really defines the song. So something might be like sound horrible. And in one hour, it can all come together in a crazy way, moving the parts around changing the key the pitch whatever it can really change the song so you know changing the production and the genre of the song i might make a rock song and pull the instrumentation out and make it a house song and all of a sudden it's a banger and you can't by the way like that's the sign of a great song right the fact exactly. that you can literally the, the, the lyrics tell a story that can be applied to any production and it still hits no matter what which by the way like that's why i think pop having one sound is just bullshit yes it just doesn't make any sense well I, i've been preaching that big. for a long time yeah and I'm on a lot of pop radio stations. Trying, you know, trying to do the Lord's work. God's work. What, what makes a good country song? What have you learned while making an album? <sighs> little honky-tonk. Little stanky leg. <laughs> little stanky uh, leg? Yeah. Wow. Mixture of the two, I would say. A honky stank. Yes. Sick. Precisely. But yeah, I mean, little heartbreak goes a long way. Um, mm. Just pouring yourself into it just makes a good song no matter what. If doesn't you, matter the genre. If you're always working and you have no time to for, to live, mm -hmm. how do you get inspiration? That's the thing. My term of work is loose. Mm. I find excuses to go to the Middle East and film a documentary. Yeah. That's work for me. Totally. But there's so much inspiration. I've never been more inspired. So everything I do can be a job, you know? It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm just locked in a room all day. I found ways to go out and... Do cage fighting, build the world's biggest scooter. You know, I broke the world record. You could look it up on Guinness, but I built the world's biggest scooter last year. I just find excuses to do crazy shit. Everything I do is an excuse to do something I pretty much have a dream for. I mean, some exceptions, but essentially I found excuses to call everything a job. I found a really unique way to make a living. What is success to you? I'd say finding happiness, um, which, you know, that's not something that's a constant comes in waves uh but i would say doing what you want to do staying true to yourself um being able to do what you love that would be success i would say are you doing it yes sir are you happy i am very happy do you have time for love do you want love i don't get into my personal life Ooh, I so i won't it. go there but i would say an amazing life and uh some would say legendary life are any of the songs on cowboys don't cry or Cowboys Cry. Cowboy Tears. Cowboy Tears. Jesus Christ. Cowboy Tears. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How much time we got here? <laughs> are any of those songs ripped from your reality reality? Like your Everything life, life? is. Everything I make is reality. Are you telling stories from your own existence, from your own past? Of course. I mean, you think I'm just making stuff up here? No, I mean, you, I mean, some people choose to write based on things that like they've actually gone through. They've been through. That's me. Yeah. Well, think about this. If, like, for example, this is why I don't take songs from other people. If I'm out there singing every night and I didn't live that, how much of an authentic connection can I make with the people who are receiving it? How real can that be? So for me, the utter importance is it's based on my life, what I've experienced, what I know, because that can make me tell the story on a real way that can get a connection with people. Otherwise, it's fake. Yeah. Otherwise, it's phony. So for me, music is very, very personal, very real. But, you know... Outside of that, it's entertainment. Is it, is it how you communicate with people the best? Um, I would say it's the most authentic version of myself that gets 
put through. And by the way, like that's that's what I really wanted to know because the truth is like you are you are in yourself art, right? Yeah. And to a certain degree, that could be overwhelming, right? Because where do you for begin? The, the viewer. Yeah, or like I'm just trying to get to know you as a musician because mm-hmm. your music's amazing. Thank you, I appreciate. Really, that. it's incredible, and the success. By the way, a long time coming. I've been following you for a couple years now. Thank you. So yeah, well deserved. Beyond, beyond, beyond. But uh, it is. Some people can look and think it's a character. You know, we have characters come and sit on our couch each. Uh, not often, but they have. Yeah. And they put on an act, but mm-hmm. the reality is, this is you. This is me. I mean, the thing is, this is show business, so, like, that's why I wore that outfit for so long, but I hung the outfit up, you know, I'm just in normal clothes, I'm a normal Joe, just here to talk, you know what I mean? I'm not here to make a fake version of myself. What I'm telling you is facts here, but, um, you know, the reality is, is that this is show business, so if it's not interesting, who the fuck's gonna care? But the, the reality is, is I played a character that's less interesting than the real guy, so... Wow. Kind of pulling down some of those walls. Was that a tough realization to have? No, it worked. Yeah. That's how I was able to get to where I am. So no shame in that. But, you know, gets old. I started hating doing interviews. Yeah. started just feeling like uh, miserable. So I was like, all right, hang this up, moving on to the next phase. And uh, Cowboy Tears, I'm here. Which is you. The real guy. Very exciting. Thank you. Really, really. What are you thinking? Did you go to uh, Egypt when you were overseas? I did. What was it like over there? Insane. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Uh, pyramids were cool, but just interacting with the people, crazy, crazy energy there. Really insanity, you know, chaos in some ways, but so much beauty, so much inspiration. I mean, I loved what I did. I filmed a crazy documentary on the process and uh, wrote a lot of a screenplay there, chain smoking in a hotel, and uh, it was amazing. Chain smoking in the hotel, is that the name of the documentary? Is that what, just what you did? I was just chain smoking while I wrote my screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smoking cigarettes now, but when I write, sometimes it happens. Stress induced, or is it like channeling something? No, I think it's just a writer thing. Yeah. You, I mean, not always, but that's like something that plays a part, I'd say, in the stimulation, keeping my energy going. How do you stay focused? Yeah, because like... You, well, I'm sober now, I will say that. I was smoking a pound of weed a month, and... Oh. uh that was last year, right, as I was quitting and wasn't serving me. I was just always sick, always had a sinus infection, essentially. I'm allergic to weed, as it turns out. So, like, I'm allergic to grass. So, weed is a type of grass. Mm. And uh, just always made me feel sick, you know, as far as, like, sore throats, colds. Um, just kind of horrible, especially when you're touring and stuff. So, I would always try to stop while I toured. But then, you know, I came to a point where I was trying to move to the next level, level up. And... Uh, at that point, I was like, this is no longer serving me, and I've never been more prolific. So I thought weed was keeping me up because weed has different effects on different people, and it can make you sleepy or it can, like, be Make coffee. you focused and, yeah. and creative and And I was and like, driven. oh, yeah, weed is, like, the thing keeping me up and keeping me going. This is great. It works so well. But then I stopped doing it, and I was like, yeah, that wasn't the reason I'm like, I just have too many ideas. So weed wasn't actually doing anything for me except for making me go outside to take smoke breaks every five minutes. So I realized it wasn't actually serving me. And I can do a lot more without it. Wow. That's, by the way, like, that's that's a big realization to have in life. Mm. I'm currently waiting to have my own version of that. We can find it. You just got to experiment, see what works, what doesn't. W- was it hard to let go? Not really. I mean, I've smoked my fair share. I think, of course, like any addiction, I still struggle with addiction I have my whole life. But was it hard to quit weed? Not really, no. 
It's not that hard of a drug to stop. I mean, yeah, I want it. I love smelling it when my friends smoke around me, whatever. It's nice scent, but do I miss it? No. And you're more creative now more than uh, more creative now than ever. Yeah, weed doesn't necessarily make anyone creative. I think it's something that we think does, but the reality is that these ideas are coming from in our brains, you know, and from the outside world, the inspiration. So if you're looking around and you're looking within, the inspiration's there. Well, cannabis really could fog it up, too. Can it, can it can do different things for different people, but I guess what I'm saying here is you don't need it to be creative. Wow. Need to have this conversation. I appreciate that very of course, much. You're welcome. What are you thinking, Daniel? So you mentioned that you're only really listening to Cowboy Tears now. So what are your yeah. current thoughts on the uh, Ugly is Beautiful album? Garbage. I don't listen to any of the old stuff that's already out. That's like so not where I'm at right now. Like Life Goes On, that's seven years old. Like that's not where I am right now. I don't listen to that song. Don't listen to any of that shit. But I do like listening to the new stuff. I like showing my friends it, getting the feedback, seeing what kind of connects. Because, you know, I'm an entertainer. I like to showcase the new stuff I'm working on. I never would be like, look at this thing I made seven years ago. Like, <laughs> just doesn't connect with who I am today. So I'm really excited about the stuff that I made for me right now in this era of my life. So is it fun performing the old songs? or is it just- Yeah, of course. Okay. I love seeing people sing along, chanting certain songs like Alien Boy is just crazy. It's like something that's connected with a, a wide audience of people who feel a little bit alienated by the world so something like that is a beautiful song to play i love to play them but uh i don't listen to them what, what part of the creative process fulfills you all most? of it i love making stuff i would say the ending part of the process is the worst it's the most miserable doing the fine detail work i love making the stuff but finishing whether it's an edit on a video or finishing a mix on a song that can feel like a job mm. that could be more tedious that's why i went to the middle east i'm like let me go somewhere new that i never been let me do the worst part of the job somewhere that is incredible or something I haven't seen. So that's oh, the wow. reason why I love traveling, doing that portion. Like I'm about to mix some more music and uh, definitely not going to be anywhere near America for that. So, Wow. D- does that change the results of the song? I would say so. Like we're in the middle of Morocco and we're in a swimming pool and we're listening to the mixes with all my best friends and just hearing it with a different perspective and going around riding through the desert on motorcycles during the weekends, climbing mountains, uh, climbing trees with goats. And, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I would say that that helps kind of wipe and cleanse the palate for a fresh mindset when you return to the work day on Monday. Totally. Are you recording all of this music with a plan to put it out? Because what you're saying, it's like Cowboy Tears, you said, would be your first and last album. Yeah. So if you say that's done, what are you creating all this other stuff for? Well, I will always make stuff just for me. And, you know, who knows? Maybe there's more iterations of Cowboy Tears, but the reality is only time will tell. We don't even know if, t- if Cowboy Tears will come out. So That's right. It's up to the suits. It is. The big wigs, if you will. That's it. But you know what? As much hate uh, as I've had with Atlantic Records, I love them so much. They've done so much amazing stuff for me. So it's love, hate, uh, but I'm grateful they've killed it recently. With You know, they can't do much for you unless you got a song that's like a hit record. So when you give them the hit, they go. For once, they started working for me. So <laughs> my perspective has changed a lot on the label. I'll say that in the last two months. I'm like, well, you guys actually recognize that I'm here killing myself for you guys? Remember me? Yeah. Because the thing is, when you're on a major label, like, you know, only the 1% is, like, really being focused. The rest of the artists fall down at the bottom of the barrel, and most of them will never get to album two. I think 2% out of 100 uh, will actually get to album two. So for me to even get to album two is monumental. All my friends that signed, they're, you know, either 
didn't even get to album one or are struggling to get to album two. I mean, it's just, uh, it's almost impossible. So the fact that I made it this far is insane. And you have further to go. I think it's, oh, of course. I haven't even scratched the surface yet. That's but right. with music, we'll see. I'm kind of at my wits end with this as far as, you know, doing the industry thing. I love the label. I hate the label. It's one hot, cold moment after the next. But uh, ready to go and move over to be making these feature films. You know what? At a time where you actually have a hit. Well, I think I can utilize that to get my foot in the door somewhere else. So. Hell yeah. It's all about, you know, gosh, collateral. And, and like, yeah, leverage, but also keeping it fresh creatively and taking on new challenges yeah. so you don't get stale and bored. 100%. Respect. Kind of reminds me of what, like, Lil Dicky did, where he put out the music, then created Dave the TV show. But he had been working I'm on Dave I'm not familiar forever. with him. Who is he? Oh, Lil Dicky? Mm-hmm. He uh, is a rapper who makes music, has a TV show, and uh, kind of did his own version of performance art, too, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Um, his whole thing was... Tiny penis, mm. you know. That was that was what the, that was just you know small, small, small. Yeah, a little dicky, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Can I ask about a, a couple song names that your fans are wondering if they'll ever come out? Yeah, of course. Circuits, circus, right? The song circus. Well, maybe this person spelled it Britney wrong. Britney Spears. Oh, you wrote that? No, but I I know the song. It's a good one. What about it? Uh, will it ever will it ever come out? Circus? I think it did drop in like 2012, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry, I'm missing the question. Um, how about a song called Lies? Did you ever write a song called Lies? No? What is, where are you getting this from your fan? Where did you get this? From his fans. That sounds oh. like a goddamn lie to me, if you ask me. <laughs> Do you have a song called Shut Me Up? No. No. I don't know where you're getting this information. Where did you find it? <laughs> Um, I took it from, let me, let me find the exact source. <laughs> it's okay, yeah, but I don't know any of this stuff, but tell you the truth, any music, no, is not going to come out. I'm just putting out the new stuff, and Cowboy Tears is likely to be the last. Sad. Not sad, man. Smile, because it happened. Don't cry, because it's over. That's beautiful. Thank you. On that note, Oliver Tree, thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you. Likewise. Hey, beautiful human. You made it through our conversation with Oliver Tree. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. Whenever you want, it's there. Zach Sang Show, search it, please. And let us know who we should have on the show next. We're looking for any and all suggestions. at Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Please be safe. Hug your family if you can. And don't go to jail. I'll talk to you soon. Peace and love.